Welcome to the Reapers Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. Today, we're concluding our discussion on why the church exists. Here at First, we want to love, build, and send people with the gospel. But what does that really mean in today's culture? Last week, Pastor Nicole shared the need to fight the good fight of faith, to know what God is saying in our lives so we're not deceived by the messages of culture that shift and change with each new season. Today, Pastor Nicole will be sharing the importance of using the gifts that God has given us. Some of us don't even realize that we have been given gifts that we can use to help the kingdom of God, but we all do. Pastor Nicole is going to help us better understand what those are and why they're so important. Plus, we're going to hear a great report on how we've been serving our community these past several months through our pandemic response teams. So let's get started today. Here's Pastor Nicole. This is us. Stories that when weave together, write a kingdom story. A kingdom story about how we love, build, and send people with the gospel. Erie is the fourth largest city in Pennsylvania. Over four million people visit this flagship city each summer for experiences like Presque Isle, the Erie Art Museum, the Erie Philharmonic, the Seawolves, and more. We live in a place where the snowbelt is no understatement, but the warmth of family and friends keeps us committed and devoted to our city. From the very first day our church existed, our goal was to love the people in the city. Pastor Larry Albanese spoke these words of confidence, tell the skeptic and atheist there is a God, and if they don't believe, send them to Erie First Assembly and they shall see for themselves. Our history has been rich with men and women who heard the call and responded. People who chose the approval of God over the approval of men, full of leaders who fixed their eyes not on what was temporary, but what was eternal. And Jesus has used our church as a lighthouse in this community for years, but we are not done yet. We are seeing an alarming change in our community and across our nation. Only two in 10 Americans under 30 believe attending a church is important or worthwhile. This is an all-time low. 59% of the millennial generation raised in a church have dropped out and 43% of Erie's own population don't associate themselves with any faith at all. Erie's crime rate is 29% higher than the rest of the state of Pennsylvania, and there are 626 children in foster care just in our county alone. A new chapter is being written in our story, full of new challenges. So it's time. It's time for Erie First to carry out its mission with renewed focus and urgency. Erie First exists to love God and his people, build Jesus-centered lives, and send out spirit-led disciples. Love, build, and send. A biblical mission that is worth spending our lives on. A biblical mission that will continue to write the kingdom story of Erie PA. As we love, build, and send people for the gospel, it will change the statistics. One life, one family, at a time. And this ripple effect could change our state, our nation, and it might even change the world. Together, we can accomplish so much more than alone. God will move in ways we can't even dream when we become a church full of players on the field, not fans in the stands. A church of contributors, not just consumers. This part of the story is about you. We need you to attend service so you can engage in spirit-led worship and prayer. We need you to join a group so you can experience anchor teaching in redemptive community. We need you to serve on a team to be set up for purposeful outreach and radical generosity of your time and resources. 
These are the values that if we align with them, our ship will steer toward kingdom purpose. This is us. Stories that when weave together, write a kingdom story. A kingdom story about how we love, build, and send people with the gospel. Will you help us write the next chapter? So our mission, if you remember, as Erie First Assembly is to do three things. And would you help me with this today? They are love God and his people, build Jesus-centered lives, and send out spirit-led disciples. Love, build, and send. That is our mission. That's our vision. And so this month, we've been talking, we've been looking deeper into 1 Timothy 3 and 4 uh, about a letter written by Paul to Timothy about how the church and its people should act and should live. And this is so important because we, if we're going to be a church, we want to be a church that um, has definitely a biblical um, root, and we want to see what the scripture says we should be like. And so the first week of this study of 1 Timothy 3 and 4, we looked at how the church is designed to be three things, a family of God, an assembly of the living God, and a pillar of truth to the world. And then last week, we saw how Paul warned Timothy that some would be deceived and some would fall away. So we needed to stay strong and fight the good fight. We needed to stay focused and saturated in God's word and in good community to keep our faith strong. And so Paul goes on in this letter to give some more advice. And that's where I want to look at today. Uh, it's in 1 Timothy 4, 11 through 14. I'm going to read it to you. It says, command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Now, this passage really reinforces strongly that spiritual gifts are imperative to the function of the church. That in order to love and build and send, we need to utilize the gifts that God has placed inside of us. You know, God never gives a task without providing what is necessary to perform it. God never gives a task without providing what is necessary to perform it. So let's look just at some biblical history. Um, God gave Moses a rod. God gave David a slingshot. Uh, he gave Samson the jawbone of a donkey. Esther was given great beauty. Deborah had the ability to judge. Apollos had an eloquent tongue. And I could go on and on. But he gave each of these people not just the gift, but the ability and the opportunity to use the gift. So if God has called our church to love and to build and to send, then he will equip you, he will equip me to accomplish that vision and he'll give us everything that we need. Now for clarity, because sometimes with spiritual gifts, uh, we have a little bit of, of um, just clarity. Uh, there are natural abilities that God has gifted each of us that are really valuable in the kingdom of God. There's these natural abilities that God has gifted us. So for example, some of you paint, uh, some of you build, some of you are gifted in singing, uh, some of you um, write, some of you run, some of you cook. These are just natural things we are good at. 
Maybe it's because we worked hard at it or because God gave us this innate ability toward a certain skill. And these natural abilities we need to use to honor God in every area of our life. And so God gives you these natural abilities or you work hard uh, to acquire a skill. And we need to use these things to honor God with our lives. But as good as natural abilities are, they are still limited. And so what I want to talk about today is something even beyond natural abilities, because in contrast, spiritual gifts are more than natural abilities. They go against genetics. They go beyond educational background. They go beyond experiential skill. Spiritual gifts go beyond. They go to the supernatural. And they are something that never, ever promotes the individual, but always points to Jesus. The Bible says that as Christ follower, as Christ followers, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts that we need to communicate God's heart and his plan to the world around us. And these spiritual gifts are a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit and are distributed as he wills and as he determines. And so I want to look at 1 Corinthians 12, 7. It tells us this. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, what this tells us, it says now to each one. So this tells us that spiritual gifts are for every believer. They're for everyone. They're not reserved for just pastors or uh, the most spiritual among us. They are for all of us. And it also says that the spiritual gifts are for service. Uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not given to us uh, to make us bigger stars, but better servants. They aren't given to us so that we can get more attention or more accolades. They are given to us so we can serve each other better. And these gifts certainly are not something to hold on to, but they are to give away uh, to a world that needs to know God's great plan of hope and salvation and redemption. And so there are many spiritual gifts listed in the scripture. And here's just a list of, of some. They include administration, apostleship, discernment, evangelism, exhortation, faith, giving, healing, miracles, hospitality, mercy, words of knowledge, leadership, prophecy, serving, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, wisdom, and teaching. Now, if you, if this piques your interest and you want to study this deeper, I want to encourage you to take our foundations class. It's a great place to start where we go over our spiritual gifts in more detail. And also, if you just want to take a free spiritual gifts test, maybe you're a little bit curious about that, uh, you can go to www.giftstest.com. If you're curious what your gifts may be, it's a quick and easy test that just kind of spits out, um, maybe based on the way you answer the question questions, what your gifts could be. And this is a great thing for you to dig deeper in spiritually to understand what God has put inside of you to use for the common good to build our church. Now, let's just look back at our original passage. When we read in 1 Timothy, we see that Timothy um, has a teaching gift. Verse 11, Paul says, command and teach these things. In verse 13, Paul says to Timothy, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Verse 14 says, do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. So Paul is, is calling out the spiritual gift that Timothy has. And he's saying, look, I'm reminding you, don't forget about it. Don't neglect it. 
Make sure that you, you know, stir the fire, fan the flame. Make sure that you continue to teach and to preach because this was a gift given to you and it's important to the mission and it's imperative to the church body. And Paul exhorts Timothy, stir up your gift. Don't let the fire die out. A spiritual muscle can atrophy when it isn't used. And so I think that this passage is so important for us as we look at our vision, and as we look at our uh, mandate to love and to build and to send. And in the year 2020 at Erie First Assembly, if we are going to love and to build and to send, we need to be careful not to neglect our gifts. We need to be careful not to neglect our gifts. Think about this. If Pastor Don would just set aside his incredible gifts of mercy and wisdom, many people would not have the love and the care that they receive when they're sick or have lost a loved one. In fact, who appreciates that he doesn't neglect his gifts? I know if I was in the room right now, you'd be cheering and applauding all across because Pastor Don is so faithful to use his gifts. If Pastor Danielle just buried her heart for the lost and her gift of evangelism, then hundreds of people in our city and our nation and around the globe would not hear the gospel through teams that she leads from our church. Aren't you thankful that she doesn't neglect her gift? In fact, Pastor Danielle, along with many of you, I sprang to action with your gifts in the last few months during this COVID-19 pandemic. And I want you to watch this video for a moment to see how God has used our church in this season with our spiritual gifts. This year started off by launching our 2020 Kingdom Builders projects with a $30,000 goal. We started off immediately by sending two teams, one to the Dominican Republic with a $2,000 project investment and the other to Southeast Asia with $3,000. Our Southeast Asia team returned one day before the president closed the borders to Asia. Little did we know that that would be our last international trip of 2020. Domestic travel was also halted and locally our world flipped upside down. That didn't stop our kingdom impact. Because of your generosity of resources and time, Erie First Assembly was already equipped to be the church. In March, a Kingdom Builders COVID response team of 47 people was formed and they got to work. Here are just a few ways of how we were able to continue Kingdom Builders and the projects that your giving is going toward. We helped develop a community-wide Facebook group that brought aid and assistance to hundreds of people in our community. Just through that group alone, we helped deliver groceries to 336 families across the city that were either out of work or just high risk or afraid to go to the store. At nursing homes, as regulations didn't allow visitors, we delivered handwritten cards to five different nursing homes in the area, totaling 596 residents and staff. At one nursing home, we set up outdoor worship and prayer, and the residents opened their windows to enjoy it. In March, as schools shut down, students weren't able to get the meals that were normally given to them during their school day. So our team helped deliver 72 meals for 11 weeks to all those students. Due to the effects of COVID, the families in the village that our Uganda missionary cared for were going hungry, and we were able to send $1,000 to help care for them. 
We worked with Mask Erie and gave $460 while our mask team handmade and distributed 1,105 masks to SafeNet and other organizations in the area. For the Women's Care Center, their largest fundraiser is their Walk for Life event in May. Obviously, they weren't able to hold that event, so we gave them $1,000 to help towards their goals for this year. Restrictions made it difficult for the Family Center of Erie as well to hold their annual diaper drive. So we gave them $250 and a car full of diapers to help offset their needs for diapers. Mercy Center for Women also behind on their annual goals. We were able to give them $250 to help them. We sent our missionaries, Colin and Sarah McNulty of Kansas City IHOP, $300 to offset cost of tech due to their need for new virtual ministry. Although we weren't able to go and help with natural disaster relief, we sent $3,000 to our Mennonite team that was able to consistently help build homes for people. We connected with a local ministry that year-round helps families in need, Bethany Center. New guidelines simultaneously created a need for volunteers as well as a lack for volunteers. Not only did we give them $500, but we also consistently sent three volunteers to them every week for 10 weeks to help. Some of those volunteers are actually still helping today. We also helped staff an emergency overflow shelter for the homeless at the Avalon Hotel to allow more space for social distancing and a quarantine spot for potential positive COVID cases. We assisted by sending upwards of sometimes 10 volunteers a week for 12 straight weeks to help staff this shelter. We also provided meals and clothing for the people that were going there. The Erie City Mission, as the city mission continued to care, we continued to help by sending volunteers on multiple Sundays, prepare and distribute food. Erie businesses, when the riots hit downtown, 13 different businesses were affected. We sent care packages and offered physical and spiritual support to them, just letting them know that we cared for them and we were here for them. Sometimes known as the forgotten first responders, the 911 call center contacted us and let us know about their discouragement and frustration in this time. To show our love and appreciation for them, we provided handwritten cards, a mask, and meals to every employee on the AM, PM, and overnight shifts. To show our support of essential workers at a pharmacy, we also provided a mask and a meal to each one of their employees. 46 flowers and cards were hand delivered to office staff in four different medical offices in our area. Each employee was reminded that Jesus cared for them and so did Erie First Assembly. Our latest endeavor was our teacher blessing. We provided 136 teachers at three local schools with their most needed supplies, handwritten cards, a sweet treat, just to help and encourage them in these very stressful times. And because of your generosity, we're able to add a fourth school and bless them as well. One of the leaders of a ministry we were working with said to me, it was like your church was ready and waiting for a crisis to hit. And I believe that speaks directly to the heart of our church, the foundation of our church, and brings proof to the missional people that we are. So let me say thank you for your faithfulness and giving because it has made an enormous difference in countless lives and will continue to the rest of the year. We'll continue to get involved and look for ways to help the community and we would love for you to join any of our outreach teams to assist us. When we stir up and faithfully look for opportunities to use our gifts, it makes our church stronger. And in contrast, it's safe to say, when we neglect our gifts, it weakens the church. So to which are you contributing? 
the strengthening or the weakening. If you want to get involved in these outreach ministries, as Danielle just reported on, or maybe you want to serve in kids ministry, or you want to help to clean the church, or maybe you want to help us with our online presence as we've had to grow that in the most recent months, I want to encourage you to sign up at eriefirst.org teams so we can get you plugged in or, or, or mark it on the contact card on the bottom of the bulletin and put it in the bucket on your way out. We want to make sure that we connect with you and that you get into a situation where you do not neglect your gift, that you do not let the fire die out. Now, like I mentioned, um, we see Timothy having a teaching gift. That's what we see in the scripture. And in the middle of that passage uh, that, I, that we read is verse 12. Now, uh, this verse is so, so valuable. And it's often plucked out of this passage and used um, separately for other things. However, today, I think it's really challenging for us to look at verse 12. I'm gonna read it here in a minute. In the context of spiritual gifts, because that's what Paul is actually talking about here when he says this, okay? So I want to read to you 1 Timothy 4.12, and I want you to think about it through the lens of spiritual gifts, because that's what Paul is actually talking about here. This is what it says. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Now, Paul is reminding Timothy, look, I know you're young, but I have to hit this point home to you. A godly life is what brings credibility to your gifts. A godly life is what brings credibility to your gifts. When we have spiritual gifts without a godly life, our effectiveness is diminished. Okay, so spiritual gifts show people the power of God. But a godly lifestyle testifies to the character of God. Spiritual gifts show, God, show people the power of God, but a godly lifestyle shows people the character of God. And we need both. People need to see and understand both. Let me give you an example. Maybe you have met someone before um, who clearly had spiritual gifts. Perhaps they prayed and, and there was healing or someone gave you a powerful prophetic word over your life. Or maybe you heard an anointed teacher who would just unpack the scripture and, and you could really learn and change from it. However, later you found out something about that person that lacked integrity something that surprised you, something that shocked you, uh, maybe a sin issue, or maybe it was just the way they treated people. And this turned you off. And when that happens, we start to question the spiritual gift. We start to think, well, was that real? Like, how could I have had that experience with that person? And they have this character issue. How could God work in a person who isn't very loving or who isn't very kind? And if I'm being really honest, I wrestled with this very thing myself. But here's the truth of the word. Spiritual gifts are not determined by character. Spiritual gifts are not determined by character. You don't earn a gift. It's not, it's not a reward for meeting spiritual benchmarks. A gift is not revoked once you receive it. And so God doesn't take it back. A gift is a gift. No strings attached. And that's why sometimes a man or woman can lack integrity or character and still be used by God. 
You know, sometimes God uses us even when he's not working in us. Sometimes God uses us even when he's not working in us. Now, this is not ideal, obviously. This is not how God intended it to work, but it may explain an experience you may have had and couldn't make sense of. Uh, Something that you experienced, a spiritual gift, but because the person did not have the character behind it, it was very difficult for you to receive it. And so Paul is telling Timothy, listen, don't neglect your gift Make sure your life lines up with godliness so that your gift is credible. Make sure your life lines up with godliness so that your gift is credible. And Paul goes on in verse 12 and he mentions five areas that we need to align our lives in godliness. I provided for you today just a sheet of notes so that you could walk through these five areas of your life and ask the Lord how you're doing lining up your life with the godliness standards of these things. The first thing he says is we have to align our lives in godliness with godly speech. Godly speech. James 3 tells us the tongue can be an instrument for great evil or great good, depending on whether it's under the control of us or of God. Ephesians 4.29 commands, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And Jesus himself said, what comes out of our mouth reveals what's in our heart. What comes out of our mouth reveals what's in our heart. How's your speech? How's your words? Have you submitted your words to the Lordship of Jesus? Number two, Godly conduct. Now, what Paul is referring here is to lifestyle. It's how you spend your money, how you spend your time, your priorities, your attitude, the way you treat people. Do they all shout and point to the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life? The way we live outside the church is just as important as the way we live inside. So what parts of your life do you hope that no one finds out about? What part doesn't match with your pursuit of God? What in your life, if, if people knew, they would question the godliness of it? How are you doing with godly conduct? The third thing he mentions is godly love. Jesus said the most important thing we can do with our days on earth is to love God and love each other. So how are we doing with loving people? You know, 1 Corinthians 13 is the most popular passage on love. You probably hear it at every wedding that you attend, but it gives us this really good list to evaluate ourselves against. It says love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delay in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. If you use this as a measuring stick, how well are you doing loving people? You know, love is the glue that connects the outer life with the inner life, our speech and our conduct that can all be in line with God's heart. But if the motive is wrong, then it doesn't really count. So in the kingdom of God, we need to do the right thing for the right reason. We need to do the right thing for the right reason. Love connects the right thing to the right reason. 
That's what having godly love does is we're motivated by God's love to love other people. And then we do the right thing for the right reason. Here's the fourth one. Faith in God. Faith trusts God uh, that he does what he says he will. Faith expects God to move and to work. Faith reminds us when we don't have to know the plan, uh, we don't have to know the plan to trust that there is a plan, uh, that God has it, that he is moving. Faith is an intimate trust in God with all our daily activities. Hebrews 11.1 1, uh, defines faith like this. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And so Paul encourages Timothy, be an example of faith, have so much faith that others aspire to have the same kind of faith. Trust God so much that he is who he says he is and he does what he says he can do. All right, so so Paul is saying, set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and lastly, in purity. Number five, godly purity. Purity is freedom from anything that contaminates. If you think about pure water, it's free from any other substances. Pure gold is, is refined to the point where all the, the dross is removed. This is the same word picture for a life lived in purity. It's a life where sin is no longer in control of the choices we make. That sin is no longer in the driver's seat. That purity is important to God because he is pure. Impurity keeps us from the presence of God. So our pursuit of purity is because actually it helps us stay close in a relationship with Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 reiterates this saying, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. So Paul is telling Timothy, align your character in these five areas, speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, and let your godly life make your spiritual gifts credible. Let your godly life make your spiritual gifts credible. This will give you maximum impact in the kingdom of God. First Timothy 4 ends with this, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearer. So as we grow in godliness and exercise our gifts faithfully, God will use you. God will use our church to help people come into relationship with him and experience eternal salvation. You know, there's no greater cause to give our lives to. Love God and his people, build Jesus-centered lives, and send out spirit-led disciples. Next Sunday, I'm going to start a series called Hey Friend. And this three-week series is going to be geared specifically towards people who need to hear about God's love and hope. And I'm going to cover three things that I believe Jesus wants the whole world to know. The first one is Jesus cares about the details of your life. The second one is if you're stressed or overwhelmed or worried, Jesus can help. And the third is no matter what you've done, Jesus hasn't given up on you. So here is your job. As you go today, take some invite cards that are on the tables uh, near the offering buckets. Take several of these as you go. 
and pray and ask God who in your life needs to hear these messages from Jesus? Who needs to hear that Jesus hasn't given up on them? Who needs to hear that if they're stressed or overwhelmed, that Jesus can help them? And be bold this week and invite someone to come with you for this next series. You are the spirit-led disciples as part of this vision. You are the spirit-led disciples in this movement. And God is sending you out to reach a world that desperately needs the hope of heaven. And as we talked about today, he's given you everything you need to do it. He's given you every gift that you need to do it. And I am so excited to see what God is going to do in this next month. So let me pray for us this morning. God, I thank you so much that you give us everything we need. Lord, I thank you that you give us a vision and a mission, and then you provide for us everything we need to work it out. We want to use the gifts you have given us with godly character to reach this city. So Jesus, would you send us, pick us. We want to be your ambassadors for Christ. We want to tell the whole city what you love about them. We want them to understand that you can help them, that you care about them. And Father God, that you want to help them even when they're overwhelmed or stressed and you've never given up on them. And so God, today, <clears throat> encourage us, send us out. We pray that we can reach people for your kingdom with your great hope. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. You can find all our series videos and podcasts at eeriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.